down, 45 to go. Welcome to the Wizards of Dribble podcast. Sam Sorridge said, these three points are mine. A happy pod for episode 239. My name is David Cowlshaw and I'm joined by Tom Thrower. Potters. Potters. Up the bloody Potters. And Tony Lloyd. Oi, oi. Forest lost. Uh, Yes, Nottingham Forest, old reliable Nottingham Forest. Where would we be without them? Tell you who else lost on the weekend, Tony. Reading Football Club. They will fight with their might. They will defend the glory of Reading, but they couldn't defend against Sam Surridge et al. Um, Stoke off to a winning start. What did you make of it? It was good, wasn't it? We were um, a bit exciting. It was. It wasn't like a revolution from last season. We were still sort of a bit good and then a bit flaky and then a bit good again. But we kept going. It was just yeah, it was really good. We won a game of football and it was a game of competitive football in a competition that like matters and stuff. It was weird, wasn't it? And also, some people went. Oh yes, I was one of those people, Tony. I was one of those. Uh, I saw all the goals and I sort of remembered what to do because if if you don't know, listeners. When when your team kicks the ball in the goal, you sort of expect to jump up and go rah like that, and I did three times. Um, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, Tom has a narrow win over a team under a transfer embargo. Uh, got you pumped for the season, or was my tone there a bit unfair? And actually, um, yeah, we should we should take this win as a bloody good start. Yeah, I mean it's been. 11 seasons since we've won our first game, I think. And that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a yeah, lot... first since Burnley yeah. in 2009. And I feel like since we've come down as well, we've had a lot of first home games against opposition where you're like, oh, we should, we should win that. And then things happen like your goalkeeper decides he wants to be a left back or um, <laughs> friend of the football club, Nick Powell, plays really well for Wigan. Things like those things tended to happen. <laughs> Um, so for it to just be uh, a nice win with some narrative to it, I mean, coming, taking the lead three times is impressive. Throwing it away twice is different um, to impressive. But it, it's, yeah, there's, um, there's some good things, definitely. Yeah, and you'd also, I hope you'd agree with me, Tony, when I say it was definitely a deserved win. I mean, yeah, the the equaliser for the first goal was very much our own making. That was a complete disaster fuck so and to a lesser extent the um the marking for the second goal was really poor as well so that's a li- that's a little bit on us as well so it wasn't as if we w- won an end-to-end game but there was yeah just a few moments where you thought oh shit is this is this going to be the way things are with Stoke? Are we going to be flaky, panicky Stoke? But if we are picking out some positives, um, a lot of people talking about Mr Mario Vrancic as a, a huge positive from yesterday. What did you make of his performance? Yeah, he was good. He was he was like a good midfielder, which is an exciting thing for us because we've only had one of them for a while now, um, or at least who hasn't been on loan somewhere. Um, but yeah, no, he was, he was exciting. He did good deliveries and we're good at corners now. Attacking corners, not so much defending them. Um, the, the the main thing was probably, the which obviously you missed out on, Dave, was the predictable BBC Radio Stoke pronunciation of his name. That was a highlight. Um, 
But yeah, no, he was he was, yeah. he was he was he was silky and classy and all the things that we've got used to not having anymore, with the exception of Mister Nick Powell. Um, and it, yeah, it was. I'm just finding different ways to say yeah, it was quite good. I mean, Reading, I don't think are as bad as they will be in a few months, because I think they only named five subs, didn't they? Because they haven't got any players and they're under an embargo. But they're starting eleven. Their first team is basically pretty good, um, which we yeah. saw when they attacked and attacked fairly well. Like then, I think if they'd if they'd got a point, I don't think we would have been that disheartened by it or thought it was massively unfair. But we did. We fought back from conceding on two occasions, so that is a good hopes for the future, I suppose. I'd say it would be unfair if we'd have drawn. I'd, 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 I'll stick my neck out and say that, and say that actually, other than a goal that we gifted them, and I said this a lot when Nathan Jones was our manager, so like, <laughs> maybe ignore me. But I feel like I, 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 I obviously uh, on a on a results basis, handing a goal to the opposition makes you very very angry, but it's not like it's a structural error with the defence and there's big problems. It was just. They all kept kicking the ball into each other, and then Vrancic clearly loves assisting so much that he went, "Oh, I can play him through." Shit, he's a Reading player, um, which happened. Um, and I think, yeah, other than that, and other than what was a well-worked set-piece routine, and probably was Stoke just being a little bit switched off because even though a big centre half isn't in the box, you should maybe think that they're going to be eventually, and, and no one picked him up. But other than that, Reading really didn't like create very much at all I think this is this thing that we see with the 352 that it's all a bit um it, it, it seems to be rather than um relying on us dropping in and having a nice deep block we're a bit more like chaos in the midfield and then we can fall in if we need to and um, so I think yeah we deserved to win we created some really good chances had a few misses fox headers was sad because oh. everyone looked so happy that it had gone in and, and I hate it when that happens to us. Yeah. Did you think that had gone in, Dave? Well, I I was mainly disappointed in uh, whoever we had at left wing back because he had a decent chance in the second half as well, and you know, a better footballer than him would have put his <laughs> laces through it. But um, he did put his uh, laces speaking through of it. Someone... It nearly went out of the ground. <laughs> he hit it really hard. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be harsh on Josh Time, and he's he had a rough day. Um, but um, speaking of someone whose name is, you know, the bane of many a Stoke commentator uh, in the future, Sam Surridge came off the bench and scored uh, the goal of the season, maybe. Um, and you know, massive deflection, but lovely for a new signing to score on debut off the bench and vindicated what was I don't think. An unfair sub, but perhaps maybe unlikely sub at two two to bring off uh, Nick Powell and Stephen Fletcher. I thought that was a pretty bold call, and you know we've definitely seen it in the past that O'Neill subs have have shown the uh, ability to backfire. But uh, of those three, well, we've had three sort of main signings this season: Wilmot, Vrancic, and Surridge. Um, Tom, if you look at our business overall this window so far with a couple of weeks still to go. Uh, what signing are you most pleased about and where do you think the gaps in the team still are? 
I, I think there's something ridiculously unstoke about a, a striker who's been signed for, I mean, versus what we've spent before, a very modest transfer fee, but relative to what we've been spending recently, a, a relatively significant one, coming off the bench on his debut and scoring a winning goal. Like, that is just, no, you're not supposed to score until January, and then maybe you don't even score until January 2023. Um, so I, I think Surridge is the one that's actually really fascinating. I think we knew that Vrancic was going to be good and we knew that Wilmot was probably a good replacement for Collins. Um, but they all seem to fit this one. No, Vrancic doesn't. But they seem to fit this. Wilmot and Surridge both have seemed to say it, that, that like they came to Stoke and they're very clear that they came to Stoke to play football and to do well and to, to, to achieve um, what they have set out to do in their careers. And it's nice to have that drive rather than sort of this line that we previously had of, oh, well, we want to get this club back to where it was. And I think they've both said that as well. But it's clear that it's a lot more personal for them. They aren't just signing in to be, oh, I want a winner's medal. They're like, no, I want to, my career needs this. I need to be playing football. And see that with Sturridge. Sturridge. Fuck. (laughs) 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 Um, Yeah, there we go. That's going to happen lots, isn't it? Um, And, 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 it's options up front, which we, we, totally lacked at the end of our season last season it, it, it butchered us it's it's where that um sort of uh, self-concern that mon seemed to be um penetrated with at the end of the season so we went quite defensive came from so like you say it seems brave to take fletcher off but when you actually have someone who can run in behind because even like i think right at the final whistle surridge was sort of about to chase onto a ball that the the Reading defender was a bit squiffy on clearing. So to have someone who's got that complete forwards and sort of, I think all of them have it a little bit. Fletcher's legs don't have it so much, but Jacob Brown's bulked up and his hold-up play looks phenomenal now. Um, Surridge seems to be able to run in behind, be able to hold up, and Tyrese is Tyrese, and holy shit, Tyrese Campbell's going to come back into this side. How exciting is that? (laughs) Very nice. Uh, Can I make a statement that's almost certainly going to bite me on the arse in May? Um, Jacob Brown, I think he is the heir apparent to John Walters. I think he will be that figure for us in the next season or so. I think he's, yeah, as you say, bulked up, worked his socks off. Will be frustrating, especially, you know, (laughs) not quite mastered the turn on the edge of the area yet, bless him. But, um, yeah, so really pleasing performance from him. The midfield was interesting because it seemed in certain points that Allen was essentially the one man in centre midfield and Vrancic and Powell were attacking. Yet there were moments, I don't know whether it was an out-of-possession, in-possession thing or a change in tactics based on the situation of the game, but there were times where Vrancic dropped back and helped him out. And actually, that was what surprised me the most about Vrancic yesterday, was he put some tackles in. He He was like almost like the player we wanted John Obi Mikel to be because he he put himself in amongst it. He's not like a, a flash, uh, a fancy Dan type. He he really put himself amongst it, which, you know, might be hard to sustain for a 34-year-old or however old he is. But that was, that was an encouraging sign, I thought, the sort of maybe adaptability of the midfield. And shout out to Samuel Klukas, who really sort of drove us forward after he came on. He, I thought he made a real difference. And another sort of old campaigner who, you know, I, I've said all summer that I think we need a right wing back, and Tommy Smith puts two assists in yesterday. 
he was I thought he was fantastic, Tommy Smith. I really can't fault him as a sort of right wing back option. His delivery at times is exceptional. Yeah. I think he's really good. I just think we need somebody else as well so he doesn't have to play a hundred games with all the competitions we're gonna get to the finals of. Um But I because it sounds like transfer wise all the rumours are about centre mids, aren't they? And we've needed a right back for quite a long time. Um and sent Tom Edwards away. So either we're gonna get one in soon, I assume, or I guess Tuesday will tell us because if if one of the youth team lads are in the management's thinking, then I would assume they would start on Tuesday. I think but probably with the right back, and is is it's a result of the sort of the bit of the delayed pipeline thing with the Premier League, isn't it? I think O'Neill said that we're looking at loans now. It's unlikely that we'll see anything permanent, and because of the Euros and. Um, that other international competition that happened Olympics and the other one in South America Copper yeah, that's the one so had a brain fart um, clubs have been using their players in the sort of full pre-season so this weekend is the last game of pre-season games I think yeah the league starts next weekend so you suspect that the influx of loans into the championship in the next few weeks is going to significantly increase yeah, I thought Tommy Smith is really good, and I think when Huddersfield got promoted, he had like a ridiculous amount of assists. I think his delivery has always been something that is good, but as maybe his his confidence and fatigue of constantly having to play has affected, and maybe he now knows that there's going to be competition for his spot. So is going, it's giving him that drive to to put in the performances that hopefully we can continue to see. Yeah, absolutely, and. So, so maybe to add to the positivity, you mentioned Tyrese Campbell. We've still got to uh, come back. Uh, we we've got Harry Souter to come back properly. We've got sort of Doughty to come back properly. I know he sort of had a, a brief uh, few minutes at the end there. And uh, unless I'm missing anyone else through injury, we've got whatever new signings we might or might not sign as well. So definitely more to be added to this. Uh, first eleven and and just seeing if we can iron out those couple of ropey moments from that Reading game. Um, got some correspondence here, which I've I've chopped up the correspondence into positive vibes, negative vibes, and neutral vibes. But we'll have uh, some positivity first from Luke. Wonderful meeting Nigel Johnson and him reminiscing with my girlfriend about her granddad who is now pretty ill. Nigel's good mates with him when they were both teachers. Nigel Johnson did a shout out for him as he listened to the game on the radio from his care home. Stoke right there yeah well it's I've mentioned that just kind of people went to the match and saw people they won't have seen for a while um yeah certainly I I got to got reacquainted with other people around me you know too loud um hates Alan oh wait that's me um you know doesn't shut up does the podcast smelly uh you know got, got reacquainted with all of them so that was nice um uh, some more positive vibes. Alex's highlight was being back in the ground. was a brilliant atmosphere. The linesman having to get subbed up, which, you know, everyone enjoys. Uh, also great, our ability to keep our heads up, especially after Reading equalised the first time. Need to improve our defending, though. Matthew says, Tommy Smith has always caught an unfair amount of stick. His stats have always been impressive, and I think he'll be surprisingly key for us this season. Uh, Northern Guido's uh, highlights. Went with a mate who haven't seen a game of football in seven years, and we won. 
and picks out the Ben Wilmot Ronaldo chop. Now, um, I might be showing my age. Tom, can you explain what a Ronaldo chop is? Uh, a Ronaldo chop is where you sort of um, kick your your non-standing leg forwards uh, with your standing leg at the same time kicking backwards, well, down onto the ball and to sort of change your angle of running by about 15 degrees C. You do it by holding R2 and moving your uh, right stick twice to the to the bottom left if, or the bottom right, depending on which way you want to go. If you're kicking your non-standard leg forwards and then you're using your standing leg to chop down on the ball, what are you standing on? Do you not fall over? Well, nothing. You sort of... You sort of you, as opposed to the... Um, this is the conversation is, David's is having like, when he brought it up. Is it like, you know how the Irish people do their little dance? You know how the Irish Michael Flatley. Dance? It's like one of those... Yeah, mm. it's, the, it's like one of those sort of moves. It's like a frame of an Irish dance kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Ronaldo sort of... quite famously um, watches a lot of Irish dancing and has mm-hmm. looked at ways um, how Allegedly. he can incorporate <laughs> that into his, into his football game. The Irish people. Yes. <laughs> Scary Irish man. Um, so a, fa- a fancy Mark Wilson, anyway, is is the answer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's Mark Wilson with A level. Um, <laughs> uh, areas for concern. What are you, the qualifications police? <laughs> I was about to say. <laughs> God's sake! Oh dear. Uh, let's drag this back. Um, Jack, really concerned about being absolutely torn apart on the counter by teams with pace up top. Joe Allen cannot hold a midfield on his own. Smith and Timon or Doughty are always going to be bombing up the pitch and Allen is likely to do the same. No real pace in the back three. Uh, Yeah, no real pace in the back three is a potential issue. I think there's still some rhythm to be found there. Obviously, Suter's got to come back. Not that he's the paciest, but a little bit of uh, mistakes to iron out there certainly uh, Liam says we got forward well in numbers but too many times we had players in space between their midfield and backline and we weren't clinical enough start of the season so not too worried but it's something we can improve on that was to spin that negative into a positive that was actually kind of reassuring for me that when we got forward there were more than just Fletcher trying to run onto things up there Brown was always buzzing about and we had at times two attacking midfielders in Vrancic and Powell to either mop up mistakes, jump on their mistakes, or to provide an option for um, whoever it was. So whether it's the wing-backs pushing forward or even Alan joining in occasionally, there were there were bodies up there. Questions. Rob says, I don't think Alan was bad, but I don't think he was good either. Like an oat cake with no filling, just floating lonesomely <laughs> down the Trent and Mersey. Also, what bands do you think Wilmot likes? Now picture of Ben Wilmot in your head. What bands does Ben Wilmot like? Blossoms. Definitely. Definitely Blossoms. Absolutely. Has to be. I think he probably plays bass in a band with his mates down at Club 85 or something and they all like take the piss out of him and make bassist jokes but in a nice way because really they, they all know that he's better at their instrument than they are but he just likes laying down a a bass line for them to all do their thing I've, I've, and also probably listens to Tool uh, okay I'm going to pretend I've heard of them um, I've All not right. I've not given this any thought but I but I think he is if someone asks him what bands he's into he'll just kind of sort of give him a look and just say trance he, 
he just likes trance and that's all he's that's all he's into. But that's fair enough. It's his decision. Stop having a go at Ben Wilmot. Um, Martin would like us to discuss Birmingham ticket prices to, uh, you know, move in a completely different tangent. Uh, ticket prices uh, cause a bit of consternation. Birmingham away, St Andrews, not the most entertaining uh, of places to visit unless you like having, you know, dark fruits cans thrown at your head. Um, but it's 35 quid. And the ticket prices for Birmingham fans aren't cheap either. Tom, our decline of capitalism correspondent, uh, thoughts? Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. The, the, the thirty-five ticket headline is is awful. But the one that really got me, and I only saw it because I, I actually looked at the ticket prices today, is it's like twenty-five quid for a kid, like so a family of four are paying a hundred and. 30-ish maths um, quid off the top of my head that's not on really is it I mean I don't see how that is never mind um, okay uh, we've all done silly things like pay 50 quid to go in the away end at Leeds etc etc um, but I just don't see that, how that's sustainable really it, 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 people have had a really hard time football fans especially I guess sort of will fall into the category of people who've not been working, lost jobs, etc. Been reliant on furlough, and it's just like for fuck's sake. I thought we 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 had a discussion about the importance of fans and sort of the entirety of football came together. And I'm certain it's not the the Birmingham Twitter's admin and it's fault for that. I don't think they set the ticket prices, but I'm certain Birmingham would have put out some kind of statement, some kind of tweet about how how important fans are for the game. Yeah, fucking twats. Yeah, dickheads. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of a catch-22 situation for some fans because some fans will go regardless and they, this isn't a judgment on them. If you can afford it and want to go, then of course go. But um, kind of sort of, uh, I don't know, paradoxically, the only way that price structure changes is if fans en masse decide not to go and we are faced with empty stands empty stadia and but that but in in the same way who are, who are we to tell anyone what to do with their their money if they've got it so it's you know we're kind of one of those situations my hope is that it will the idiocy of their pricing thanks to hashtag the free market will kind of force them lower because they'll notice Oh look! If we charge twenty pounds, more people might come. Therefore, we get more money. But you know, that's that's Pres- presumably wishful thing. It's thinking. just obvious profiteering because it's for first away game for lots of people, and they aren't charging that every week for all the. I assume we're whatever they call category A or whatever. But presumably, they're just ranking it up this time because they can, and they know that some people will want to go on their first away day for two years or whatever it is. And so they're raking it in. I think probably abolish Birmingham City to help the environment. Yeah, valid, valid, and it would um, perhaps give us three points when we travel there next week, anyway. Which I'm uh, all in favour for. Uh, I've got a little segment I'm just going to call Dave's Bet Three Six Five Stadium Moans. Um, for I've got two two moans about Bet Three Six Five Stadium. Um, obviously, great to be back. Yada yada yada. Um, First thing is 
why is it so loud? Like, showing fucking adverts on the big screen before the match is so loud. Just, oh my God, shut up. I swear that happens every season and they turn it down gradually over the season. I swear the first couple of games it's always, like, hyper loud and you can't, like, you can feel the noise through your eyes. Yeah, it is And then after a couple of weeks they turn it down a bit because somebody dies from it. (laughs) Okay, Uh, yeah. Get vibrated um, off the top tier or something. I'm watching a fucking advert for Macron and it's vibrating my skull. Um, So, yeah, not great. And also, look, just have a few pre-poured pedigree behind behind the counter before the mat before people come in, just so it makes things a little bit quicker. Just just pour some, and then you don't have to say what will it be. Oh, I'll have five pints of pedi, please. And then you have to go back and for uh, pour five pints. This isn't having a go at the the staff of Stoke City who are doing a marvelous job, putting up with a lot of feckless morons like me for what I presume is not much money, but. Yeah, just come on, just plan in advance, and then it's it's quicker and easier for you and for me. Um, but yeah, you that... go first, Tom, because you had your hand up before me. Go, Tom. Thank you. Um, I, I've noticed, having been to Old Trafford quite a bit since like, cricket started again, um, that the first time I went, there was exactly the same problem, um, where clearly they just weren't prepared, and there was massive queues everywhere because they were pouring to order, and it's like. No, we all accept that this tastes like shit. We just want it quicker. So we agree that it is poured and ready for us. But, but the follow-on, they were using some kind of weird cardboard cup. And because it had been sat in it for a bit, the taste of the cardboard cup had permeated the beer to create something that tasted between drinking petrol and drinking plastic was it um, carly which again wasn't the best experience Um, no i think it was like amstel or something or fosters yeah whatever well anna tried other drinks too and they all had exactly the same problem it was the cups full so if they use cardboard cups use plastic cups that you can recycle yeah but that was uh, hopefully it'll just get better. Was my was my point really? Because they will now go. Ah, yeah, we used to do that, but we now need to remember to do it again. I I have two points on the drink thing. I'm afraid. Go. First of all, the posh seats. If you go upstairs in the top tier of the of the main stand, Franklin stand, certainly on the side nearest the Boven end, the, the nice seats. young lads. The yeah, uh, the nice young, well presentable lads who's. Well, I assume he's still there. I obviously haven't seen him for a year <laughs> and a half. But prior to plague, he always had about ten racked up ready for half time. He always mm. did that. So obviously there is some independent. Maybe I'll get him in trouble. Maybe it was that woman who he works with. Maybe she did it. It could have been. They can't suck them all. Um, and the other thing is, all other clubs are better at that than us. Everywhere you go, from really bad clubs to other really bad clubs to Old Trafford. Everything's better at half time. There's queues or there's somebody sorting queues out or there's drinks are ready or that kind of thing. Remember when we went to Leeds that time and they had those magic like it's just a plastic cup and they just put it down and it fills yeah. up from the bottom and it's full in like three seconds. And that's basically in a in a shed in a horrible shed. And they just do, 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 do. there's your ten pints. You're not fucking hell. So yeah, that was it. 
Yes, and also, just in case the club are listening, if you do that system, more people might consider purchasing things at half-time, which gives you more money. And then you can charge 35 quid for them. I mean, this was a club who discovered contactless card payments you know, like last season. Well, <laughs> during the pandemic, that was silly of them. Um, <laughs> just in time for the yeah. pandemic, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, those are my just main Bet365 moans. Uh, other than that, yeah, no real complaints. Um, so Tom's going to uh, update us with uh, the game that we're going to call Points Are Bad. Well, th- yeah, we're, we're full on stealing the title. So um, Tony has the most points, as he yes! predicted, a 1-0 Reading win. But unfortunately, Tony, as the name of the game makes clear, points are bad. So therefore, you are now in last place. No, but I've got the most points. With with four points, points but you're in last. Bad. No, but I've got more points than you. Points, yeah, but, yeah no, but points are bad. No, but I've got the most points. No, don't <laughs> okay, don't hate the player, Tom. <laughs> uh, then then in in tied seconds, both me and Chris have three points. Chris predicted a one all draw, and I predicted a two 0 win to Stoke. <laughs> Rubbish. Um, yeah, I know. And sitting pretty at the top of the table is Mr. Calshaw, who predicted a two-one Stoke win. Um, so, so yeah, was was the only person who was was right, other than Chris, for like thirty seconds, um, uh, as far as the score went. So, Dave is is he's not pulling away, but he's he's on two points, and it's a double prediction week. There's two games before we next pod, probably. Yes, exciting. So we've got two games to do. So, uh, Fleetwood Town at home in the Caraboy. Is it still Caraboy? Um, Are they not the ones who wrote that Royals song? Uh, (laughs) Or Reading? No, they are. I I was saying Carabao in the Colin Murray voice, just in case you weren't sure. Yes, we've we've not got wolves in the Caraboy. So, it's, it's, um, what do you call them? Fleetwood. Fleetwood Town in the Carabao Cup. Probably some changes to be made for Stoke. Um, we might see Tom Ince play, so that could factor into uh, our predictions. Um, so I'm going to say that we, Stoke City FC, will win that match 3 1. 3 1. 3 1. Um, I'm going to say that we will play Fleetwood and it will end in a One all draw before going to penalties, and we're not predicting the results. We're just doing ninety minutes, are we? I've decided we're not. Yeah, yeah, ninety minutes. You can uh, right, yeah. Let's say we can do penalties, but they don't count anything towards the scoring. Stoke will win the penalties seven six. Bonus, bonus mm-hmm. prediction there from Tom. Jack ja- Butland will score the winner. <laughs> Dave, what was your prediction? I've forgotten it. And three one, it three one from me. <laughs> And uh, Chris has also gone for a Stoke win. Chris Brammer is saying 2-0. Tony? Um, are we at home? Yes. Yeah. 0-1. Uh, oh, God. Fucking <laughs> 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 God knows what the score would have been if we'd been away. Um, right, OK. Optimistic from Tony yet again. Uh, then, our next league game, as mentioned, is at... St Andrews or the hilariously named Trillion Trophy Stadium. Um, I'm going to say one all. That's for how this. much it costs to get in. Ooh. 
satire. Yeah, me and Chris Tom are both saying one all in this game. One all, two one alls. Tony, uh, one nil. Which, which way round? Home side. From prediction, I am going to go for another one nil, but for the away Ooh. side. We're gonna be we're gonna win three games on the bounce yeah. in the league for the first time in like eight but, years. But we're all predicting absolute thrillers that will be well worth the thirty-five quid that people lay out for it. <laughs> That's exciting. So uh, find out how we get on next week in points are bad, and see if I can keep my status as having the less least points. That makes me the best, which is the good thing in this game. Good, good. Well, okay. Um, nah. So, uh, I think I think it pretty much all talked out. Is there anything you guys want to talk about or mention or just generally appreciate? I've got some wholesome things I've noticed, but two out of three aren't really stock-related, but I've enjoyed in the last week or two. Go. If, if we've got time. Okay. I know it's like corporate twee silliness, but Tiny Football Car is adorable on Twitter. He's going on little adventures around the Cotswolds or something, and I've loved that. Um, almost as wholesome is Jack Grealish just being really nice and asking if his little friends are there when he's on his way to go to Man City. That was lovely. And also Chris's YYY files was really nice as well. Oh, yeah, Chris Brammer was Very on, wholesome. Was on uh, the YYY files. I, yeah, I listened to it this afternoon, and it was, yeah, it did sort of make me... Positive emotions, positive emotions. Um, mm. So that was, yeah, that was absolutely lovely as well. Um, championship, championship in general. What was your highlight from the from the other games in our league, Tom? Guess <laughs> Forest. It was well, Forest two. No, 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 there's, yeah, no, 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 there's a bigger one. It might have been a three 0 win for the oh, <laughs> God. And and being right about Hull being quite okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Preston. Yeah. Preston. <laughs> that's not a good. That's not a good start from Preston. At what, at what point do we revisit our prediction table and look at Hull being top? Like just turn it upside down, and we're pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> Fun times. Hmm. Yeah. Um, also, uh, if you're just new to the podcast because we sort of went semi-viral on Stoke Twitter on Friday. Uh, hello, this is the podcast. Hope you've enjoyed it so far. Uh, a lot of you were very, very lovely to us uh, as a result of a social media post we did on Friday night about booing the knee and whether that had any effect yesterday. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Um, but uh, it was reassuring for me that what boos there were did get drowned out in applause. I certainly didn't hear anyone around me and by all accounts, anyone who did boo sort of got told off a bit which was you know good we've explained why um and uh, you know we're committed to not being racist dickheads which is why we haven't really criticized joe allen this episode because they're the same thing um <laughs> but i think uh, <laughs> you'll have to uh, read the twitter conversation to get that joke i've just realized <laughs> um, yeah no you're not saying that joe allen is a racist dickhead no or He's just a Welsh yeah. dickhead. No, wait, wait. no not, he's not a dickhead. He's a nice man. Um, yes. He wasn't even that bad. 
No, you have zero cake floating down the canal. Six and a half out of ten. Six and a half out of ten from Wee Joe. A very a cold, damp lunch. <laughs> yeah, a a mild can of diet coke. Uh, room temperature. Asda own brand continental lager mixed with a Tesco own brand lemonade. <laughs> Uh, a, a poorly filled uh, chicken and sweet corn meal deal sandwich. The Simpsons seasons 13 through 17. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Allen could not jump over a shark. <laughs> <laughs> a album track from Blur in the late 2000s. Serviceable, whelming. He was absolutely whelming. <laughs> I was whelmed. <laughs> right. I think I think we've talked enough silliness. Uh, thank you for listening to the first of many Wizards of Drivel podcasts that celebrate this Stoke City win this season. Oh, look! Look what I've said. Um, thank you, Tom. <laughs> thank you very much. Remember, points are bad, Tony. They're they're bad. The Nathan Jones game. Uh, thank you very much Tony thank you Uh, have a lovely rest of the week everybody well there's like two hours left you know what I mean have a good next week till we lose on Tuesday okay well as HMS Piss the League departs port thank you very much for listening go on Stoke